such an honor again to be with all of you. And we also would want to say thank you again for carrying us in prayer and believing for Sal's full healing. He's doing great. He had his three-week visit to the doctors and the nurse practitioner says, you had a quad bypass. You don't look that way, but he's doing really good. No, God is good. God is good. Um, everybody seems to be amazed at my speedy recovery, but I know what it is. It's the prayers of the saints, um, you know, going before God and uh, God honoring them. So thank you all for lifting us up and for just standing in the gap. While uh, it was a very uh, crazy time in our life. You know, one, one day you're like, okay, I'm doing fine. The next day I'm checking into the hospital. Um, scary stuff. But you know what? But God is there all the time. So um, I'm going to let my wife uh, here take it. She mm -hmm. wants me here for uh, moral support. Yes. <laughs> so here I am. All right. Well, we love you guys. So um, I, I wanted to do a, a visual first of just, us right now, if we could just close our eyes and see yourself walking into the throne of God and seeing our Father sitting there. And He's putting His scepter on you. And He's saying to you, you are my ambassadors for such a time as this. He's saying to you, you are who I say that you are, not who you say you are. So Father, we thank you that as I release this word today, that we would receive the fullness of your word that is life inside of us, God. We thank you, Jesus, for paving the way that we are co-heirs with Christ, that we get to sit with you in heavenly places, we get to commune with you today. We get to receive wisdom and revelation and understanding in a greater way. Thank you for making this possible, Jesus. And thank you for the Holy Spirit that endues us with power from on high to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ever think or even imagine, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, I, I have a little video clip, and I, I want to share it first before I get into the word, okay? And Bianca, can you add that to, to the, um, for everyone? Yep. gotcha. I'll play it right now. Thank you. ordinary man who had one day been dramatically changed by an extraordinary God. Would we believe those steps would journey 
from the rolling fields of North Carolina to the steps of the White House and beyond. I just felt God was speaking to me, and he said, I want to use you. And I said, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go, and I'll be what you want me to be. I'm yours. Christ belongs to all people. He belongs to the whole world. His gospel is for everyone, whoever you are. He's one of the great evangelists of our nation's history. His crusades are legendary. The size of his crowds were magnificent throughout the years uh, because of uh, the message and because of the messenger. That's the beauty and the greatness and the thrill of God's love. The kind of person that a person in my position wants to know. While preaching to millions around the world, Billy Graham found himself being called upon many times as God's ambassador to world leaders. The ministry of Billy Graham as friend and counselor to U.S. presidents remains to this day unprecedented. In 1950, Billy was asked to visit the White House for the first time to meet with then-President Harry S. Truman. Soon after, every U.S. president since World War II found occasion and reason to call on the advice and friendship of Billy Graham. We need to pray for our president and for those in authority. As the scriptures have told us, he faces tremendous responsibilities. Lyndon Johnson wrote in a personal letter to Billy Graham, my mind went back to those lonely occasions at the White House when your friendship helped to sustain a president in an hour of trial. No one will ever know how you helped to lighten my load or how much warmth you brought into our house. But I know. world leaders have sought his advice is precisely because he doesn't try to tell them what they should do tomorrow, but he does try to show them a way of thinking about the problem that adds a new dimension to their thinking. Throughout the world, governmental leaders have been asking the tough spiritual questions of Billy Graham, looking for answers. His ministry as an evangelist bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ has worked to shape the destiny of nations. At the end of these meetings with these communist officials, they would be sitting there in stone silence listening to every word that my father said. And when my father finished speaking, they would say, oh, but Dr. Graham, we have also wondered if there was a God. Talk to us more about how we can know God. So I think he was one of the forces that kept the window open to the human spirit during these oppressive years. Eight years ago, uh, one of the Lord's great ambassadors, the Reverend Billy Graham, went to Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union, and upon returning spoke of a movement there toward more religious freedom. And perhaps he saw it before many of us, because it takes a man of God to sense the early movement of the hand of God. And the same thing with these Chinese leaders that we saw in Russia. They would begin to ask my father spiritual questions. These are the kind of questions that were asked by top Chinese officials and Chinese leaders. Reverend William Billy Graham's untiring evangelism has spread the word of God to every corner of the globe and made him one of the most inspirational spiritual leaders of the 20th century. I think it's through him that I found myself 
praying even more than a daily basis to give me the wisdom to make decisions that would serve God and be pleasing to him. Billy Graham, the man, the preacher, the humble farmer's son who helped change the world is a spiritual gift to all of us. Who is this unique person that comes across the pages of history? Who is this Jesus Christ? He's had many opportunities over the years to do other things that he turned down because God had called him to a higher calling and that was to be an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ and to take the gospel to literally the ends of the earth. Billy Graham is in heaven. And I know that I know that he's calling and he's praying and he's interceding for the saints of God that we would take that mantle. That wherever God places us, that somehow we would have a way of thinking we would have a way of speaking to people that would release the kingdom of heaven wherever we go. And I was on a prayer call earlier and I couldn't help but think of our community and the nations that are represented and the fact that we live in New York City where the United Nations are, is. And I remember I would go to prayer meetings with Tammy and we would go to the UN and we would pray in a, in a prayer room in the basement with Margot Kemp. And we would believe for the spirit of God to touch all those that would go out to the nations, that they would do the will of our heavenly father. And we are ambassadors of heaven. That is our responsibility here on earth. And I just wanna share some of the scriptures with you to help encourage each one of you that when you feel that you're not living up to that or you're, you're going through this hard season even now, God's mercy is greater than your ability. That his strength is made perfect in weakness. And so I, I wanna read from uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 20 in the, in the Passion Translation. It says, so then from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one but no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself 
and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. Can you just see yourself opening doors for people right now? Just ask Holy Spirit right now, who is that person that you want me to open that door of the ministry of reconciliation to God? We can do that through the gift of intercession. We can do that through having them over for dinner. We can do that by blessing those who hate us. And then it says, we are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. You know, ambassadors in this world are chosen and we have been chosen. We have been chosen by our father in heaven to emanate his kingdom wherever we go, his righteousness, his peace, his joy. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.26, we too were bestowed with an enormous honor when God called and chose us to follow him. Just think about that right now. Think about before you were in Christ, your belief system, the people that you honored, the people that you idolized. And think about now, you being in Christ. Who are you honoring? Who are you worshiping? Who are you believing for to see transformation? You know, it also says in Philippians 3.20, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord keeps reminding me to live from this eternal perspective that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back He's coming back to rule and reign on this earth. And during this time, we now are, uh, have the privilege, just like Billy Graham, he said, I'm not gonna do my will. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. And, and it may be in small spheres of influence, Maybe not as grand as Billy Graham's, but who's to say, who ever knows where God will place you. And we are believing now here, living in this city, during this time of hardship, being pressed, possibly feeling crushed, 
but that God's favor, God's anointing will only come out that much stronger in our lives because we're holding on to him. We're holding on to his faithfulness. We're holding on to the saints who've gone on before us, who are championing us to fight the good fight of faith. In Hebrews 6, 1 through 3, in the Passion Translation, it says, Now is the time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and advance into perfection. The foundation already has been laid for us to build upon, turning away from our dead works to embrace faith in God, teaching about different baptisms, impartation by the laying on of hands, and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. So with God's enablement, we will move on to deeper truths. If there's ever been a time, it's been now that in my heart that I am seeking out deeper truths. When we're seeing what's going on with the world, we need the truth, the one and only truth, who is Christ Jesus. We need to be a reflection of that truth. We need to represent him well here on earth as it is in heaven. His peace, his joy, his righteousness needs to emanate from each one of us continually. And yes, there are times that even just recently, I have gone through a dark season but I know that I know through the prayers of the saints, through the prayers of those that maybe have gone on before me, through the intercession of our Lord and Savior, he pulls us out of every dark season because he's faithful to complete that which he started in us. Be encouraged today. Receive his grace today, that you can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever think or even imagine, just like Billy Graham. Now I wanna um, share with you a little bit. Um, you know, we, we had to go through a dietary change um, in our household. And um, when they told me about this, I was like, oh my God, no salt. And then my husband would say, no meat. And then I would say, <laughs> he would also say, no sugar. And it was like, oh my goodness, like this is a real test here and no dairy and, and all these things. And, and I enjoy cooking and and so my first couple of weeks of getting used to this, I was in great opposition. I didn't like any of it. I, I felt like I, I can't do this. This is, this is beyond. She was amazing. But the, the, so, you know, thank God for the fast. It came at the perfect time. So the Daniel fast, 
was definitely a motivation. And it's like, okay, I love vegetables. I love fruit. I love beans. I love whole grains. We could do this, Sal, you know, but except there was no salt. And the Lord kept saying to me, forget about the salt. You are the salt. So that's his sense of humor with me, you know. So I have to, I had to keep reminding myself, okay, I don't need the salt. I am the salt. So just for all of you who may have some dietary issues going on and you feel like you can't get away from the salt, say, I am the salt. You don't need the salt. So, cause we need to be healthy. So, and Bill has been championing us all the way. And, uh, and you know, we learn from our brothers and our sisters when we go through certain trials. So they're there to champion us when we ourselves are going through them. So I, I just wanted to say to you, so that was about the salt, but now I'm talking about the meat. And the meat of the word can be perplexing at times. You know, it, it said in, in Hebrews that we need to advance into perfection. And, you know, when we first get saved, it's like very joyful, like, yay, Jesus, you've forgiven me of all my sins and I'm a new creation and, and all things have passed and, and um, everything is wonderful. And then we move on in our faith and we experience some challenges and we thought that everything was just going to be wonderful. And now we start to wrestle with God about situations. And, and now he's saying, I think this is a test for you to see who you're going to trust. And I think all of us here in New York City is faced with this challenge. Who are we going to trust? And being a native New Yorker myself, there are times that I murmur and I grumble and they're not edifying. My husband keeps convicting me. There are times when I'm walking and I'm saying, he, he convicts me true, but he uses you too. And so, <laughs> you know, there are times when I'm looking at the situation and my spirit is downcast. And Sal says to me, but how many times are you going to say that? And he's right. We have to look from a heavenly perspective. We have to be able to see and ask God, what do you see over the city? What do you see happening in this city? And so it's times like this that we get to encourage one another and we get to admit our weaknesses to one another so that we can be encouraged. And believe you me, when we even confess our sins to one another and even the sin of unbelief, it, you know, when, when we are not believing, we are inviting the enemy to come in and overshadow us with despair, overshadow us with hopelessness, overshadow us with fear. But if we repent of that unbelief and we say, God, help me during this time of unbelief, help me to believe again, 
he takes off that veil and he gives us hope. He gives us peace. He gives us joy. He gives us vision. And so that's what he wants to do today. And that's what he wants us to share with the world, just like Billy Graham did with the presidents when they were going through very difficult times. He stepped into the room and they felt hope again. And there will be times when you will step into the room and you will cast off the hopelessness and people around you will feel hope again. I would FaceTime with my dad during this time when my husband was in recovery and in the hospital. And my dad has been a man that has suffered with depressions. He's been hospitalized and he's come out of it. And my dad would say to me, now, now, Juliana, you are a messenger of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do not fear. And I am telling all of you, you are a messenger of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good news. The good news. Do not fear. And I know that I know that we might feel like we hit walls and we can't break through, but he will tear down that wall for you. And you will say, not by might, nor by power, but by the spirit of the Lord. So I went off on a little tangent, but I know that was Holy Spirit. So I'm going to go back to my notes, wipe a tear. So one of the things is, um, when we're representing Christ as Christ's ambassadors, we must remember that we are not told to go around offending people. We're not even, even when we disagree on how they're living their lives, we're not to make them feel, we're to put our arms of love around them in the midst of their, let's say, development of knowing who Jesus is. And we need to be his examples. And if there was one thing that Christ came against were the Pharisees, because they were the ones who were teaching the people. And so that's who Jesus would become harsher with. Not those that were in sin, but those who were teaching people falsely. That's who he would correct because they were accountable and, and he would not want to be misrepresented. So if anything, you know, even for us as leaders in the body of Christ, we are held to a greater accountability. 
and 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 we need to walk with the reverential fear of the Lord and and seek out his wisdom in in matters that could be perplexing at times so um but we're also in Ephesians 4 20, 29 it says let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers you know we want to impart grace to those who are listening to us and even at times um even worldly ambassadors or those who are in christ keeping our mouths shut may also be very wise to do in this season mm. and um you know the world is trying to bait us to say things uh possibly to tell us that we are hypocrites or um that we're not loving and we are not to listen to that i mean we are we have to be ready to embrace that they hated jesus and that we may be hated as well because of our foundation of the word of god that we are living by and we cannot be people pleasers but we have to be pleasing to our father that is what our responsibility is as an ambassador of christ and and we're also um we always have to be ready to give an answer you know if someone asks you what do you think then we have to be willing to speak and and so more now than ever before we need to hear the word of the lord you know i know that there are messages happening and chatting and it's hard for me to do both so i i hope if anyone i hope i'm on time with everything right now okay um so um, i'm almost getting there let's see uh oh paul in, paul instructs timothy that a servant of the lord must not quarrel but be gentle to all able to teach patient in humility correcting those who are in opposition and you know when i read that i, I felt uh conviction because sometimes I like to quarrel with my husband. And in this season of um, having honestly a new beginning in our marriage and everything, because God's kept him here. Um, I got more to do on this side. He's, he's convicting me of learning how to have self-control, how to be patient, how to be gentle, and sometimes I could be brass and I could get really upset, but home is where you get to practice. And, you know, we prayed earlier that for a lot of people living under this quarantine season, 
it's been very trying on marriages, on children, on just everything, you know? And now we're empty nesters, so it's a little more quieter, but I can't imagine, you know, homeschooling for the first time or little ones around. It's a real challenge. But I want you to know that this is an opportune time to allow Christ to work in these necessities of being an ambassador in your own home so that when he puts you in situations to represent him, you will do it well. Right. You know, so don't, don't keep saying, oh, I can't wait, you know, like till this is over. Kind of embrace this season as a season of being purified, of being discipled by the Holy Spirit. Yes, someone said, own the moment. Thanks, JP. That's a good word. Yes, own the moment. Um, so I have one, one, a couple of more things to say. In First in Peter 2, 9 through 12, but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings. We're a spiritual nation oh, set apart as God's devoted ones. He's called us all out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims each one of us as his very own. He did this so that we would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. I guess this is our broadcasting moment. <laughs> <laughs> For at one time, you were not God's people. And I could definitely say amen to that. I wasn't. But now you are. Amen. And at one time, you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet. But now you are drenched with it. I, and I can say I have been drenched with the mercy of God. And that's why he says there are new mercies for us to receive every day. But we have to be willing to admit our weaknesses because then you can't receive the new mercy. And you have to be willing to admit, oh, shh, Bruno, we're on air here. Okay. Um, my divinely loved ones, since you are a resident aliens and foreigners in this world, isn't that funny? We're resident aliens and foreigners in this world. This world is not what we're clinging to. We're clinging to his world, his kingdom. And he appeals, I appeal to you to divorce yourselves from the evil desires that wage war within, within us. There are ways still of carnal thinking that are within us that God wants us to divorce ourselves from that he does not want that in us, 
because we cannot represent his kingdom well if we allow that. And then it says to live honorable, honorable lives as you mix with unbelievers, even though they accuse you of being evildoers, for they will see your beautiful works and have a reason to glorify God in the day he visits us. This is where we are living in. We are living in this tension now of when the world wants a way of life that is contradictory to what the word of God says. And they may think we're evil because we don't agree with the way the world is progressing. However, the word of God says that in time, they will see the beautiful works that each one of you will do when Christ comes back again. So the enemy would want us to disqualify ourselves. That's why he's so good at accusing us and making us feel that we're not measuring up, that um, possibly we could do it in our own strength. And the word of God reminds us, again, that in our weaknesses, his strength is revealed. That it's not by power nor by might, but it's by the spirit of the Lord that's within us. So there's always this yielding to the spirit of Christ in us and not out of our own strength. Because we honestly did die to ourselves spiritually when we went into the waters of baptism. And now we've been raised in Christ. And lastly, Hebrews eleven thirteen and 16, it says, these heroes all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised. But they saw beyond the horizon, the fulfillment of their promises and gladly embraced it from afar. They all lived their lives on earth as those who belonged to another realm. I, I, I really want that to manifest in my life. I don't want what's the chaos of the world to become my world. I want to live from another realm, the realm of his righteousness, his peace, his joy. For clearly those who live this way are longing for the appearing of a heavenly city. And if their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have found an opportunity to go back. But they couldn't turn back, for their hearts were fixed on what was far greater, and that is the heavenly realm. So because of this, God is not ashamed in any way to be called their God. For he has prepared a heavenly city for them. Know that. Know that. 
that we are his ambassadors. We represent the heavenly realm as it is in heaven. So let it be on earth. And I pray in the name of our Lord that today his word will go deep within our hearts. His manifest presence will overshadow any despair or hopelessness. That he will envelop us today with his grace and his strength and his peace. That we will receive his forgiveness. That we will not keep record of wrongs today with our spouses, with our children, with our bosses, with our neighbors, but we will continue to become peacemakers in all that we say and do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So that's the word. That's what was on my heart. Um, I have a couple of questions. And uh, I had given them to Mariah. I'll just say them out loud. So these are some questions that came upon my heart to, to put out there. Um, what aspect of the kingdom of God are you struggling or lacking in receiving like greater revelation over? Is it his righteousness, his peace, or his joy? If you had to choose one place or person you would like to present his kingdom to, where and or who would that be and why? And is there any area of hardness of heart that you would like to repent of so that you can represent his kingdom rightly? So those are some of the questions that came on my heart. You don't have to answer all three, but you could choose one of them and maybe share it in your small group.